I have Gabby Toft here with me. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, your pro wrestling career, what you've been up to since you announced your in-ring retirement uh, a few years ago, which it looks like you're teasing, maybe considering a return to the ring. Uh, Tell me more about that. What's going uh, on? Teasing's a good word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, you know, I didn't have any interest in going back to wrestling after I left. I thought I was done with it permanently. And in August, the New York Times did an article on me and they thought it would be, the, the reporter thought it'd be kind of interesting to take me back to an arena for the first time in 11 years and just be there as I walked back in for the first time and get the, the emotion and everything. I did not expect to miss it as much as I did. I walked in. And this was, it was August of four months ago. And my heart just like exploded with like overwhelming nostalgia. And I saw like my friends that I was in WWE with performing and Usos were leading the show. And I'm just like, oh my God, I, I miss this. And ever since then, uh, it's been uh, kind of on my higher priority list to kind of uh, explore what options are available or what I might be interested in doing if I were to come back to the uh to the ring and you just happen to pick MSG of all places this just <laughs> happened to yeah. pick MSG to be dead honest it was a total coincidence with timing uh, and when mm-hmm. the reporter wanted to do the article and he just he's like Gabby you know Smackdown's in town they're at MSG mm-hmm. do you want to go like yeah let's do it and they just that's how it happened. I think it was just universal divinity and everything lined up. And there I am in a packed 15,000 person house. Mm-hmm. We're just off the floor. Some perfect view of the ring. Uh, you know, just could hear and see everything and feel, you know, mm-hmm. all the excitement, the energy from the crowd. So that was just, it was absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. I, I've kind of followed your story since you announced you were transitioning. Uh, so I know a little bit about what's been going on. Not I, I know you have a lot more stuff going on on, on your Instagram page. Uh, sure. So I saw that uh, you stopped by Dustin Rhodes School not too long ago. I don't know when that was filmed, but it was posted in the past few weeks. It was posted days after I was there. Okay. So did being there, because obviously at MSG you were in the crowd, being in a wrestling ring literally did that wake anything else up or like have you tried yeah maybe considering it on a higher level uh i went there with an intent let's just put it that way okay. <laughs> it was it was a cordial uh you know conversation with dustin uh, but i went there with an intent to kind of poke around and see if i really wanted to get back in the ring and the second i kicked my leg over the uh the middle rope and stepped inside everything just ignited again dustin was so sweet too he's such a nice guy uh you know goldie's him and i've been buddies since i was on the roster and he was actually one of the guys that helped me a ton like he was the one who took the first burning hammer or my version of the burning hammer for me Mm -hmm. when i was coming back as a heel and they were set to kind of debut me again and arn anderson's at the ring he's my producer and he goes hey Vince wants to know what's your finisher is. Do you have one? I said, yeah, I got it. I got one. And Goldie goes, well, what is it? I kind of explained it to him. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll take it. Are you going to kill me? I'm like, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> he goes, okay. And so I did it. And everybody around the ring is like, oh my God, Goldie, are you okay? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm fine. No problem. 
and I, it was easy. So he's the one who kind of helped me, you know, get into the, the position I was at when I was actually on bragging rights and a couple other pay-per-views from that point on. But he was so nice. We hadn't talked really since I transitioned and he just walks over, sits on the rope, like a gentleman lets me in the ring. And I was like, Oh, that's what that's like. I, you know, it's, that's different. I'm not used to that. So to just kind of go along with that and just fall into you know who I am now, it literally like the fireworks went off in my head. I was like, God, yeah, I need to, I need to see what I can do here. So uh, we talked for a little bit and I talked to Terrell, his wife, and we're, uh, we're kind of kicking some ideas around on uh, what it would take to get the ring rust off me. Uh, you, you don't live too far from Austin, right? Uh, no, I'm in a little city called Leander. It's about 35 minutes Northwest of Austin is perfect. Okay. So anytime you maybe want to train, it's a little, little bit of a car ride. It's it's right there. Yeah. And I'm not going to say where the school is, but I can tell you it's closer than we think. (laughs) It's not even 30 minute drive for me. It's very easy uh, for me to get over there. So Mm -hmm. uh, if I were to go resume training, uh, you know, hypothetically, of course, if I were to go resume training, it would be very easy for me to uh, to do it many times a week and and have a, a very fast improvement. You mentioned the burning hammer. That's such a, I don't want to say polarizing, but it, it's one that was rarely seen in WWE. Kenta Kobashi used it. So international uh, fans are used to seeing it, but uh, did you take any sort of pride or did you have any sort of feelings on being one of the few that got a chance to use that in wwe oh of course yeah kibashi like it was actually trent beretta when, when we were back mm-hmm. in uh, florida championship wrestling and development i was looking for a finisher he's like why don't you do a burning hammer and i'm like what mm-hmm. i'm all we're gonna we can't like somebody's gonna die you know and he goes well let's do something different and it was like yeah. it's trent's, I, the whole thing was trent's idea and he goes, well, just, just sit out DDT me. I go, oh, okay, let's try it. And so Trent, we had a crash pad out. We tried it and we're like, oh, that's something. And then Doc Pritchard walks in. He's like, what are you guys doing? And showed him, he's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> it was just like, it happened in five minutes. Uh, Fandango, Kurt Hussey was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were all just kind of goofing. And they're like, yeah, we, you need to use that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So that's how it came around. So to know that it would, you know, it's not the original burning hammer, obviously, because when you drop people on their heads in WWE, they don't like it. So we we needed to modify it slightly, and that's where the sit out DDT came from. Yeah. But yeah, there was a, there was a little pride in that to know that nobody else was doing anything remotely close to that, and that it had been borrowed from like one of the biggest international stars in the business. Mm. You mentioned Fandango. Uh... It, that that's one of the cool things about this journey is seeing your you know your your roster mates your friends from that era still having your back uh i know brian myers is another one of them you, you were tag team partners yeah anybody else that you lean on in particular just just to sort of or keep like it, in wrestling or post wrestling like uh, transition in wrestling just whether it's to keep a connection with the business or just personally somebody that you know, you found always had a great outlook on life that you could use as a wrestler and now in your post-wrestling life. God, yeah. I mean, I have so many friends that were so helpful because remember when I was getting into the business, I never wrestled before in my life. I, you know, I watched it when I was a kid, 
but I had zero experience. I was one of the few that just got plucked because of the way I looked and my athleticism. And then mm -hmm. I had to go like crash course everything. So I was kind of one of those guys that was hated at first. And when they figured out like, okay, Rex is a nice guy and you know, whatever, he's cool. Let you know, we can let him into the inner circle. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. But I, I mean, I was in development with guys like Tyson Kidd and Natty Neidhart, Fandango, Brian Cage, Lance Hoyt. Mm -hmm. uh, those are all like Bray Wyatt. Like we were all friends, Taylor, like, all really good friends. And uh, when we got up, you know, to the upper levels on TV, guys like Goldust took me on their wing. Chavo was a huge help to me. And Chavo and I still talk all the time. Um, and Vicky as well, Vicky Guerrero. Uh, we, we chat from time to time, but Chavo and I stay in touch a lot. I did a lot of house shows with Chavo when I was turning heel, when I was learning how to be a heel. Hmm. When I was in FCW, it was like the surfer gimmick thing with like the, hey, hang loose and all that stuff. So yeah. I had never once been a heel until I got to TV and they yanked me off because they're like, this ain't working. So Chavo was like, okay, come here, kid. Let me show you everything. So he had a huge hand. Uh, we, we did a couple of tours together, a lot of house shows, and he just showed me everything. But there were guys like, you know, I worked with Christian on a couple of house shows and everybody I worked with just learned so much uh, from each person. Uh, Arn was a huge help. Fit was another huge help. I would go into, uh, you know, call time would be at like noon for Raw. I think it was like two o'clock for SmackDown. But I'd be there at call time. I'd run into the locker room, change real quick and be out at the ring practicing and Fit or Arn would be there. And sometimes mm -hmm. no, Mike Noble was there a lot too. And I'd just be the one in the ring, like busting my butt, trying to learn as much as possible. And if you ask anybody back then, it was always me in the ring. Like me and Fit, me and Arn, me and Noble trying to learn. Uh, but guys now like Hawkins too, teaming with Hawkins, probably the best move that ever happened to me. Cause that guy's so damn experienced. Like, there was nothing I could do wrong. I did, you know, trust me, I did some stuff wrong, mm. <laughs> but he set everything up. I mean, he's like the creative genius behind everything that we ever did. Not that we ever made it to like top, but mm. as we were starting to slowly climb the, uh, climb the ladder, every match was like his little bits of input that just made massive differences and him and i still talk all the time and actually he uh he responded i think it was on instagram or I, maybe it was instagram or tiktok when i was kind of teasing like i might be interested in coming back he just goes hey are we tagging <laughs> uh the the surfer gimmick that was tyler x or was that i see i remember like the, the when the fcw website like when we first kind of learned about it as wrestling fans I remember yeah. going on and seeing like all the different names. Like I think you were Taj Milano at some point. Horrible. So yeah. So what they did is uh, one day Doc comes to us and he goes, "All right, we got a new assignment from the office, and uh, your job this week is to come up with I think it was like ten or fifteen first names or ten or fifteen last names and put them in a column next to each other and submit them." We're like, what? Like, yeah, because we can't use your real names. Mm -hmm. And so I just came up with like a bunch of first names and a bunch of last names. And they go, uh, okay, well, Taj is cool and Milano. And they just stuck it together. I'm like, really? That's oh, well, that's that's how that's how it works. I mean, I'm I'm no post Malone by any means. So it uh it it lasted about a week. <laughs> uh I I I like I mean Tyler Rex, T Rex that you know. That had some thought in it. Yeah. I actually, uh, I I had uh, a conversation with one of my friends who was 
uh, an owner of a big marketing firm. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, look, we're, we're thinking about the name Tyler for the first name for WWE. Cause they, I just, I had told them like, this sucks. I got to get a new name. And they're like, Dusty goes, okay, go find something. Mm-hmm. And I asked him and he, and he said, oh, this is a no brainer. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, use Rex as the last name, but spell it differently. So it's not obvious what you're trying to do. And I, I asked him, I said, what am I trying to do? And he goes, you're trying to get T-Rex in there. I go, oh, thanks, Howard. That's awesome. So like, we just, we changed the spelling and we had T-Rex kind of built in and we, we spoon fed it without like giving them the whole meal. And so the, the, yeah. the audience picked up on it real quick. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of fun thinking back about that because I remember like Heath Slater, I think was Sebastian Slater for a while. Yep. He had like five different names and yeah. You, you, yeah, you, we had all these crazy ones. You you sort of had this relationship with talent before they made it to TV. So I think that's kind of why that sort of era of all the people we're talking about sort of still resonate yeah. with me because. It oh, feels you're like talking I'm, about like FCW and having yeah, that, that. Because I feel like I, I, I'm almost like on the ride with you with you all. Yeah. And kind of wondering who's going to make it to the main roster mm-hmm. and kind of watching the guys come up from being real crappy to be not so crappy mm-hmm. <laughs> so i know you have uh coachgabby.com right now uh anything else you have going on that you want to promote i know we talked wrestling and that's sort of the business side what else are you doing i know you, you do some coaching right now that uh I do. yeah it, it's yeah uh, fun to watch Thanks. Yeah. So what I do is uh, I do all my personal fitness and nutrition coaching mm-hmm. and it's shocking. I coach 99% biological females, uh, which I never, I never imagined, you know, after my transition, that would be the the demographic that I work with. But when I opened my books and started doing coaching again, uh, the women just, they came to me. I think it's because they saw my story and they knew uh, where I was, where I am now. And I still have all the knowledge from, you know, decades of, of mm. being in the fitness industry. And I'm a licensed sports nutritionist, CPT, but I've got an entire team underneath me. I've got PhDs. I've got master's degrees. I've got people that work with NFL coaches or NFL players. Mm. So my team's, it's like the A team. And so uh, what, what we do is we work on creating new positive behavioral patterns for the women that I work with. And we're all, we're all stuck in cycles, you know, mm-hmm. like we don't even realize the patterns we're in. So we break those patterns. We create new cycles uh, while we're focusing on science-based fitness and nutrition. Uh, so that's my coachgabby.com. And uh, yep, shameless plug. We are uh, we are accepting new clients. Uh, but that being said, other other things going on. I have a nonprofit. I started. Mm. It's a 501c3. I haven't really pushed it a lot because we're just getting underway. And the goal there is to help underprivileged uh, members of the trans community that don't um, don't have the means that mm. I do to progress in their medical transition. It's not it's not cheap. I've spent mm. over six figures doing what I've done, and I'm not done yet. So yeah, I know you saw your eyebrows perk up. Mm. You're like gave the rock eyebrow right there. <laughs> so yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, put together a strategy right now to start raising money and start helping the, the more underprivileged. And I don't want to say underprivileged, but just people that aren't uh, as far along as I am with finances, mm-hmm. my heart just goes out to them. Uh, so that that's what's going on there. But yeah, as far as, uh, as far as wrestling, it's definitely on the front of my mind. I'm, I'm working with Stanford University right now to to get clearance. I did have open heart surgery mm-hmm. in July 2019, so mm-hmm. we are we are reviewing scans currently, and uh, hopefully this week I want to know if I'm 100% clear to start taking bumps again. Uh, I'm 
going to mess up. It's aortic. It's what was. I, so it's an ascending aortic aneurysm. So basically you. when it, the, the main artery that comes out of the top of the heart, it comes up, takes a hard left turn, and then it feeds the entire body. Mm-hmm. It was blowing up like a water balloon and it was going to burst. And so that's if I know this generation probably doesn't remember Three's Company. It was like this big show in the 80s. Yeah, so Jack Ritter was uh was the main character, one of the main characters. He died from that. It it he was uh, on set yeah, you're dead in like three minutes. You bleed out internally. Mm. And I was, my mom had had the surgery a year before me. Mm. And so it triggered Stanford to do some scans on me. And that's when they found it. And they're like, yeah, you're about a millimeter away from actually needing surgery. So you can either go through life not lifting weights, going for brisk walks and not ever spiking your blood pressure. So don't get scared at anything and don't let anybody surprise you. Mm. Or you can come in and just have it done. I go, ha, ha, ha. Okay. So I guess I'll go have it done. So they, mm-hmm. they slapped me on a table, froze my body. They dropped my body temperature like 80 degrees. So my brain wouldn't die. Yeah. So it wouldn't have cellular death. They stopped my heart, deflated my lungs, and then they ran all my blood. They disconnected all my major arteries and they ran it through a machine. It's called perfusion and it pumps oxygen into the bloodstream to keep my brain alive. So I was like a, I was like a brain, a frozen brain for eight and a half hours while they operated on me and they cut out the aorta and they put a graft in. So like a synthetic aorta. That That's insane. I didn't know that yeah. it was that much detail because I I've sort of seen some of the stuff you shared over the years. Like I know uh, that you, know, you could see pictures of like the scar going down. And I know yeah. you, you mentioned like how, costly some of the some of the stuff related to your transition are like you know you yeah. kind of shared your uh your your vocal surgery a, a couple of months ago like yep i, I didn't mean, know it was it, that involved that's it adds up i mean when we look at that so open heart surgery 2019 i've had two breast augmentations that makes three i had facial surgery uh that's four surgeries and then i went back for a neck and a facelift because i've lost I'd lost so much weight. I just had all this loose skin. I, I mean, just standing there, I had like four or five chins. It was crazy. And then I went back for vocal surgery, uh, in May of this year. And so what's that five, five surgeries, six surgeries, something like that since 2019. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of money. Uh, and it's a lot on the bodies, which is why I'm kind of like taking a little hiatus from surgeries, letting my body recover right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hopefully fingers crossed all things go well with stanford uh yeah if everything happens the way you want it to what are you sort of expecting from uh i'm gonna call it your next chapter in wrestling uh i would say i don't want to open that book or give a preview mm-hmm. uh before it's time i don't want to let me read that book but you know if, if it was a book on a shelf and you pulled it off and you looked at the cover. We already know the cover is really enticing. But you flip it over and you read the summary on the back. Let's just say there's definitely a, an open door right now. Mm-hmm. And it's cracked. But I'm ready to kick it open. I, I'm dancing around it too. Because, you know, obviously you want to tell it on your own time. But uh... Yeah, I, and I just, I don't want to give anything away too soon. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that... Uh, if and when it uh, something actually does happen that the world is watching. Uh, 
Anything you, you want to cover before we get out of here? Go follow me on TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's at Gabby Tuft. Twitter is the same thing. Oh, it's now X. I, I kind of use X every now and then. Like, mm -hmm. But it's mainly it's mainly Instagram and TikTok where I'm at. It's, and that's it's... it. And CoachGabby.com for uh, online personal fitness and nutrition coaching with me and my team. It's always going to be Twitter to me. I'm still. I know. Out. Like, I'm trying to say X, but I'm like, nah, it's Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's it's not going to change. All right. Uh, Gabby, thank you so much for your time today. I Absolutely. really appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to continue following your journey. It's been really uh, exciting to watch. Uh, it's been informative for me thanks. personally. So thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Bill, for having me.